0: aloha you are listening to inside the desert oasis room episode number 206 this episode is sponsored by the tiki bar t-shirt club where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and tap room located in Northeast Los Angeles. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing, diverse menu. For more information, go to FrogtownBrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. Today we chat with Sam Schwal, founding member of the Hawaiian musical trio The Deep Sea Divers. Hear about Sam's start in tiki, how he formed his band, his musical influences, and tracks from their live performance at the legendary Kai. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at our new Patreon page, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases like Tiki Mugs and Apparel as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. Alrighty, pour yourself a cocktail and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. Give it up for my friend, Sam Schwal. Party people, we are back for another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room, and we are here with our friend, Sam Schwal. How's it going, everybody? From the Deep Sea Divers. Yeah. Aloha, Sam. Aloha. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast. I'm excited to have you on the show because for our listeners out there, Sam might very well be the youngest guest we've ever had on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we were talking about uh, whether that's true. Garrett, Garrett could be a little bit younger
0: than me. I don't know how old Garrett is, and then his buddy Adam Demarath might be. I think Adam is a little bit
1: older. Really, yeah. I'm uh, I'm 24, about to turn 25. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one one of the younger people on the tiki scene. You've got to be. You've got to be. That that's actually super fascinating
0: to me because the stuff that we like, in a lot of ways, it's the stuff that even my parents liked. So, the fact that you like it. Uh, it, it's already weird to me that I like it. The fact that you like right. it, you're almost the same age as my son, by the way. My son's 22. Okay. So that's it, kind of weird to me, you know. Um, how did you get into this as an interest, not just like the music that you're doing, but the Tiki stuff as well? I mean, it's all
1: related. What came first? Was it the music or was it the interest in Tiki? Yeah, probably, well, definitely just the interest in Tiki as an aesthetic. Um taking trips to Disneyland and Disney world as a kid with my parents or something about it. It was this, I didn't really have a word for it or a definition when I was you know, five or six, but something, but you knew it was the escapism. Yeah. I knew that I knew that there was a cool escape in adventure land and that it was a cool, weird thing. And there were carvings and a frames and, and thatched roofs. And it was really cool to me. And then also for my generation, I think SpongeBob is how, again, maybe people don't know how to define Tiki or they don't know a word for it. Polynesian pop or Tiki or, or, you know, faux tropical or whatever you want to call it. Like right. they don't necessarily have a name to define that aesthetic or that style of music or those, those, that set of motifs. But I think for a lot of people, my age SpongeBob is how they got to know it. Cause when I introduce my friends to Tiki, I make them drinks or they hear my music or they hear music that I'm kind of DJing. Like they, they always think of SpongeBob. And that's one way that I kind of got into the Tiki thing. I love it. I love SpongeBob. And the
0: thing about SpongeBob is that was something that played in my household because again you're about the same age as my son, so it was always on the TV for us. And what's cool about SpongeBob is the authenticity towards yeah, Tiki, seriously. right? It's really
1: crazy. It really is. And also, uh, shout it, out to it, shout out to Alan Smart. I'm going yeah, to his yeah. home bar tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And he, I, 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 I want to pick his brains to hear what he had to do with uh, the Tiki influence in, in SpongeBob. He's, uh, you know, he has the Halakahiki and he i guess he's worked on it he has worked on it since the the first ever episode reef blower from the the, beginning the first ever spongebob episode so maybe he kind of like i don't know i'll ask him tomorrow i'll I'll report back we'll do another we'll do another episode about just spongebob get alan get out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i love that i I wonder how responsible he is for that
0: yeah so you know we all love spongebob there's a nostalgia for it now which is kind of weird because i remember when it was brand new and it was on the tv and stuff but but now that's a couple of decades
1: ago you know yeah right it came out in 99 i was born in 97. Yeah. So, yeah, growing up in the summer. So more than a couple decades ago. Yeah. Yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah. And the influence that it's had, even just from a musical perspective, because the music they were using there, they were using a lot of lap steel. Yeah. O- so, old Hawaiian lap
1: steel. Yeah. So the production music on the show, that's another way that I got uh, got into this stuff, got into Polynesian music and surf rock. They, at least the Polynesian music, most of it's taken from a really, really good... Uh, production music record called Authentic Polynesia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what the band's on that, but the artist is Kapono Beamer. So my thinking is that he kind of recorded different bands from the islands. There's some Tahitian stuff. There's a lot of Hawaiian stuff. And in the show, especially the early seasons, it's all the old standards. It's Hula Blues. Oh, yeah, Hula Blues. Hula yeah. Blues. They, You know, it's Aloha Oi. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the old Hawaiian standards. And it's very, very authentic music. And it's all from this, like, late 80s production music record. So I love that stuff. The record, thanks to TikTok, there's now, like, you know, people will repost the music. Like right, you're saying, right, there's right. a certain nostalgia for SpongeBob now. People will play the music, so that record is a little pricey now. I think it's probably like 200 on Discogs. Oh, but wow. But, yeah, so that production music album, like you said, it's very, very authentic to Tiki and to Polynesian music, and that's what played in the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you started Deep Sea Divers, was it, was it because you were motivated from that influence? Um, Where did that come
2: from?
1: Yeah, so we started the Deep Sea Divers, I guess twenty eighteen. So okay. I I learned I I'd always I started playing guitar when I was ten, but I learned lap steel just for that band, just because oh, really? I wanted to play that music that I loved. Um, yeah, so I'd say that record was pretty influential in starting the band. We wanted to recreate yeah. that stuff for people live, um, and yeah, I don't know like Jack. The guitarist and, and Koa, the bass and vocalist, uh, and I would watch would watch the show together in yeah. a nostalgic kind of way in high school, you know. Um, so yeah, that was part of it, and then yeah, also just a general love of Tiki. But and we play we play a lot of that stuff from that album. It's it's on it's on Spotify. Everyone can check it out. But the actual LP that has a lot of the rare stuff that I'm guessing Viacom bought uh, is pretty hard to come by. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm curious about your perspective about lap steel because i was having this discussion with somebody the other day it seems like today there's less people playing lap steel than ever before would you agree with that
1: yeah do you think it's a
0: dying instrument
1: it feels that way a little bit because when i started playing lap steel like especially in the brooklyn music scene some friends i had or people who were playing in bands you know they'd catch we would play Polynesian music at like house parties in Brooklyn, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Some people would come up to me after we played and say like, oh, are you gonna learn pedal steel? It's like, no, I think I think lap steel is cool. I don't want to right. haul it around, you know? Right, <laughs> I don't want right, to take right. a lap steel on the subway. I think there's there's, for whatever reason, like people really, really love pedal steel, and it does feel like maybe they're not so into lap steel as much.
0: So I know I'm probably gonna get shit for this when I say that I kind of feel like it's a dying breed. I know people are gonna say, well, there's country music, and there's, there's people in that scene, right? They're playing lap steel. You have people learning lap steel all the time in the Play islands. Lap pedal steel,
1: definitely more than Okay, okay.
0: Steel. But the thing is that are more people playing it than there are dying off from it, right? Because all the great lap steel players are mostly gone. They, right. were, they were all in the mid-century. Right. And they're mostly gone. And so are we losing more than we're gaining is, is what I'm... It definitely feels about. that way.
1: And certainly certainly in terms of, uh, well, you know, I'm certainly in, like, Hawaii and sure. in the islands. There are definitely plenty of bands and killer, killer players. But it does feel like uh, the importance of, like, I don't want to say authentic, because that sounds like I'm, you know, against exotica or surf. But real Polynesian music does feel like it's fading from tiki a little bit. And that's kind of one reason why I wanted to start the Deep Sea yeah, Divers, of having, yeah. like, a band that, we played some surf stuff, but a band that brings Hawaiian that's what music I love back about, into tiki. That's what I love about your music, because
0: people will call tiki music. What we're listening to today, they'll call it tiki music. That's not really a genre, right? right. It's either they're playing surf music. Or they're playing exotica, or if we're lucky, they may play some hapa Haoli, right? Because yeah, right. I love the old hapa Holly stuff Me with Alfred too. Apaka, and I love and exotica, and I love and I love surf, yeah exotica you know? and surf, and I love it all. But people will call it tiki music. That's not really a genre. Like if you were to look up tiki quote unquote tiki music, you're not going to find music. You know, Right. you have to look up this the more specific genre that we are putting under that umbrella, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I love that old hapaha'ole style music too, which we don't really even see anymore. You know, if you go to Hawaii, they're playing newer style. You'll still hear like traditional style Hawaiian music, but they're playing a newer style Hawaiian kind of music, which is, I I like that too, because when I'm in Hawaii, it makes me feel like I'm on vacation, right? Mm -hmm. I love the music. It's happy and it's upbeat. But you won't find hapaha'ole anywhere. And, And that to me is the real it's authentic, let's say that. You know, it's right. very authentic to me. Even though, like, right, it's really music that was derived for almost kind of like what Tiki is, right? That was kind of derived for that island fantasy. You know right. what I mean? Because that's not what Hawaiian music is, right?
1: No. Yeah, it's totally different from the Haba Hale thing. Um, and we didn't play a lot of that. We, we played... You know, a lot, of, a lot of the old standards we yeah. played. We played a lot of the marches too. We would do, uh, do Hilo March, Honolulu March. Okay. That's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So, what, one of the things I want our listeners to hear is a song from you guys. So,
1: tell us about this next song that we're going to hear. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is Molokai Nui. Um, I'll let it speak for itself, then maybe I can uh, tell you a little bit about uh, our gig at the Maikai and how this kind of served as a. As a theme for the band, okay. and this is Sweet. the first time uh, anyone's ever heard this. So we played, we played at the Maikai uh, probably probably the best, best day of my life, the most important day it. of my life, playing at the Maikai in the Molokai Bar, um, and we hey we took some good recordings of it. I'm I'm weird about putting it out because the recording quality is so so low, but maybe there's something kind of cool and punk rock about it. So All right, we'll give it a listen, and uh, you can you can let me know if we, the Deep Sea Diver should put out a Live at the Maikai uh, LP. All right, awesome, <laughs> This is our uh, right. Molokai Nui. Here we go. Bye.
0: That is, talk about traditional, right? Very much what I think of when I think of old Hawaii. Yeah, right. What a cool song.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a that's an old uh, old Hawaiian standard, um, and that was live in the Molokai Bar, which is pretty cool. I love I'm it. Sure. Molokai
0: Bar at the Maikai. For all of those that don't know, and if you don't know, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, right. Or you
1: got to get there when they finally right. announce a reopening date. We'll, uh, right, all, right. All the listeners will we'll, we'll all will all party, right? Right.
0: I love it. I love it. What would you call that music? That's Hawaiian. I'd say that that's Hawaiian. Yeah, I right? would call
1: it Hawaiian music. Um, Hawaiian swing. Maybe maybe kind of had a swung feel, but yeah, maybe, I I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the what the subgenre would be really, but Sp- lap steel
0: in the Molokai bar at the Maikai. Nothing's yeah, right. better than that. What makes you choose what you're gonna play?
1: Uh, we tried to keep the tune choice i guess a little more upbeat so it still had that party feel right that right surf rock or exotica brings to you know a tiki weekender like the hukilau. lao but um so it's not a specific artist or anything yeah not it's necessarily just, specific just something artist, that but you that just maybe speaks to you that you really like yeah and uh, and you know something that makes people feel good when they're drinking instead of yeah, i think yeah, maybe yeah. a lot of people i love we played a lot of the old ballads but there's something uh I think one of the reasons why surf rock has become the main genre at Hukilau lao and at Tiki Oasis and at different, you know, weekenders or at different parties is because it's, you know, you can kind of, kind of groove well, a fun. little bit. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's fun. fun. It, so, it, it, it lifts the mood. Yeah. It, it, it that makes... was how, and that's why I wanted to play that, you know, you yeah, kind of, yeah. I don't know. And uh, I want to, I want to get, uh, I want to get some feedback of whether, whether the recording quality is just too bad or whether we should release like a bootleg from gotcha. the mic. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? Well, that
0: could be an approach too, right? Yeah. You could approach it as a bootleg release, you know? Exactly. But here's the thing. If you were going to record in the Maikai, like realistically, how much gear can you set up to be like a studio, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's always going to have that live feel. And back in the day, we had records where this particular artist performed at the Royal Tahitian, or this particular artist performed at the Kahiki, and... That's the kind of feel you're going to get. You want to feel like you're there, right? You want to have that yeah. that background noise. Glasses
1: clanking. That's glasses. That's like you, you want to hear, Bill Evans at the Village you, Vanguard. I love, hearing the, I love hearing you know, people clanking their glasses yeah, or yeah. drinks being made.
0: Yeah, I always liken it to, for example, if I'm listening to uh, this artist, this particular artist, Don Ho at the Royal Hawaiian or whatever it is, right? I always kind of liken it to almost stepping back into a time machine because you're listening to something that happened in the 60s. And how else are you gonna do that unless you get into a time machine, right? But now right. you have this recording and we kind of travel back there to that time. This is what it sounded like to sit in this dining
1: room yeah, and exactly. listen to
0: this music, right? Exactly. And and doing that at the Maikai, like what an honor, you know? Yeah,
1: really. It, again, it was really, really, really special. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. We, we started the band like a few months before we wound up playing at the Maikai and we practiced, practiced a lot, learned all the learned all the tunes, and yeah, and uh, yeah, got to got to do what I think is probably the coolest tiki style gig you can possibly do, and such a crazy, it. crazy honor. We,
0: we spoke earlier that this particular stuff that we like, this whole tiki thing, it's something that it it feels like something that my parents liked, right? It's mm-hmm. from their kind of generation. Are your parents
1: tiki? Yeah, my parents, my parents do like Tiki a lot. Um, and they would take me, we were talking about La Mariana. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were talking yeah. about La Mariana before we started recording um, in Honolulu. They took me to La Mariana, which is pretty cool. They have the, don't they have the original, they have the tables from the Waikiki Beachcomber, which is pretty amazing. Yeah,
0: they have stuff from the Tahitian Lanai as well. Like when, when things started closing down over there, it all ended up at La Mariana. And I can't remember where the piano is from. Do you know where the piano is from? I do not. I think it's from the Tahitian Lanai. So there are are lights, there are carvings. There's all kinds of stuff from the Tahitian Lanai there in La Mariana. And it's actually going under a renovation right now through our friend Gecko, who's, based on what I've seen, really giving the place justice. Yeah, it looks
1: really incredible. I saw some some stuff that I think is going to go along the bar. It's some panels that he carved. Yeah. Really, really authentic to the original style of the bar. Yeah, super cool. And also, I don't want to hope the, hope the owners aren't listening but it would be nice to get a better cocktail program that'd be pretty cool <laughs> be pretty cool to drink an awesome well, tiki drink the way that you'd be able to drink in the 40s 50s 60s right in Waikiki again you know that would be pretty. You're totally special. right
0: well maybe it would be good if the owners were listening so we could kind of push them <laughs> that that
1: direction right because I, I, I didn't drink I was probably 14 but I saw sure. I, I think that even at that age I knew that the Mai Tais maybe maybe were a weird color or something you yeah know? <laughs> yeah because that's what we want right? we
0: want authenticity in our bars right and when people say like this whole tiki Polynesian pop thing is it's you know, hey, that's fake. You know, you can't say, like, this is not tiki, that's not tiki, and then call this authentic because that's all fake. My argument to that is there still is a, an authenticity to Polynesian
1: pop. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, even
0: f- though it's not, it's a made believe style of Polynesia, Polynesian pop, the genre, and from the time period has its
1: own authenticity. Yeah, I agree. And I don't wanna be you know, I, I always try to not be like a, a hater about yeah, the new yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's also funny coming from me at my age, I'm twenty five, like, oh this is this isn't really tiki, but I always I always think about the uh the cool have you seen Sven Finn's yeah, Sven's, yeah, his uh, diagram. circle of tiki. Yeah. And it's yeah. like I don't know, I can't think of anything that needs to be added to that. It's like he has all the design I think elements puffer fish and you know, he, he has it he has it down i afrens, think it's a matting, very good and they're the outliers of diagram like, yeah yeah of things that are loosely tiki or could he even has like star wars on it or you know pirates and those things maybe can be tiki but they're certainly not well core tiki. i want to agree
0: with you on that
1: i don't well, i don't i don't think star wars <laughs> is but it's like oh you don't think pirates So pirates aren't tiki
0: no i think that well pirates are really from the caribbean right that's a whole other part of the world so when I think of Tiki what I think of is Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic's trying to replicate a South Seas paradise. And that's why flamingos are not considered Tiki because yeah. aren't flamingos you don't find flamingos in yeah, the right. South Seas right or in the South Pacific. And the pirates they're all you know really the, they're associated with the Caribbean. So I'm going
1: to put you on the spot a little bit. I'm not and okay. I'm not I got I got to make it clear to the listeners. I'm not justifying Star Wars as Tiki. Uh, but but <laughs> but uh Here we go. but how would you justify Ceramic, you know, jade tiles like Chinese tiles in a tiki bar. How do
0: I justify that? Yeah. It's I. The way that I see it is, and I'm going to go back. Not to that I
1: and I love I love ceramic tiles. I love, sure, I sure, love sure. Tiles.
0: When I go back to looking at the heyday of Polynesian pop, or even early Polynesian pop, I look at the influence from the people that worked at the bars and helped build the bars. So if you look at the carvers, you know, a lot of the Filipino guys were carvers. A lot of the bartenders also Filipino guys and then you look at the Trader Vic's guys they were all Chinese and then we start seeing Chinese tiles in these bars right so i think that a lot of the influence comes from the people that built this particular genre that we love so
1: yeah um yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense but yeah i love i, I really love that diagram that he did yeah, cuz you know yeah. it, it it is such a clearly defined thing and if you try to go straight too far from I mean for me i think like the the like the decor of the Mike guys quintessentially Tiki and if you have to like oh, yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. know what Tiki is and they ask well, me again, what Tiki is and they ask me or they think that I'm into Jimmy Buffett and Margaritaville sure. then I kind of explain like hey here's a, here's a video from the Maikai, here's my music here's-
0: if, if what we're doing with Tiki is trying to replicate a South Seas paradise, the Maikai does that very well, especially having an authentic floor show, right? When you look at Jimmy Buffett, he's not trying to replicate an authentic South Seas paradise, he's all about Two cheeseburgers in paradise let's get drunk and screw where's my last shaker of salt margaritaville margaritas don't come from the south seas they come from mexico yeah right. you know so so that's they're not one of the same so that's that's kind of how i explain it and when i look at even tiki bars today and i i know we're getting tiki geek level right now <laughs> and
1: i think it's awesome
0: you know i don't want to sound like a tiki snob or an elitist or anything like that uh, i'm just explaining how I justify what is and isn't, and what's authentic and what's not. If we're building our home bars to replicate what Don and Vic did, then we shouldn't have those other elements, right? Because there were no there were no beer signs at Trader Vic's.
1: Yeah, there, right. There were no. Could, I guess you could probably get a beer at Trader Vic's, but you could you probably you could. get a beer. You but could, you you wouldn't could see never a, get a
0: beer at Tiki T. You not wouldn't see a Miller, Miller Light sign hanging from, yeah. from. I don't even think you'd get a beer at the, the Maikei. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. That, I don't know. You can't get a beer at Tiki T. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there are just, there are elements that, um, again, there's an authenticity to Polynesian pop. Whether people say, they want to argue that, oh, but it's all fake, but it still has its
1: own authenticity. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Also great great segue into the oceanic arts event that's uh if you need if you yeah. need to know what tiki is that's a that's another
0: yeah so you guys are in town for oceanic arts
1: yeah so uh going to the first this is uh we're recording this on april 1st uh, and it's about to be right. tomorrow is the first day of the, the Aloha Farewell party OA right. parties that they're doing so that's uh that place is
0: it's going to be such a bummer to lose them yes
2: yeah, Because seriously. these
0: guys had their hands in everything that again talk about authenticity right you could even I'll look Linesian at the catalog if, yes. if you're thinking about maybe maybe
1: even more than sven's diagram like the old oa catalogs that's tiki aesthetics in the purest form i love it know? i love it perfect yeah. lamps matting everything tiles yeah they got it on they single-handedly yeah,
0: influenced this particular genre because a lot of these places that we we love that are now gone they built them or had a hand in building them By either helping with designing them or supplying them with materials to build them. As a matter of fact, a lot of their tikis found their way to Polynesia because when they needed tikis in Tahiti, for example, they would dial up Oceanic Arts and have them carve a tiki and have it shipped over to Tahiti, right? So uh, yeah, very influential guys, very talented guys. I'm I'm happy that they're getting the recognition they deserve, and they're going out in a bang, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of these guys that were very influential to what we love, died penniless. You know, they yeah. died they died without the 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 fame that yeah. I think that funny, they like deserve. They you know, they sent
1: out an email today for people going to the event with some you know, drink responsibly, uh, right. here's where you park. And then one of them, the first one was, you know, don't crowd Bob and Leroy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're rock stars. Everyone's going to yeah. mob them. Yeah. That's, it's cool that they're going to get to, they're going <laughs> to feel that, the fame that they deserve. You yeah, I love it. It said something like, oh, they're only, they're only two 87-year-old legends to go around. So right, don't, right. I love it. <laughs> don't love crowd McJagger Jagger at, right, at right, Ocean the right, Guards tomorrow.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, there were so many that missed out on their, their time in the sun, right? Ray Buen is one of them, I think. Uh, from the TKT, he he didn't get the fame that he, I think he deserved before he passed away. And some of the carvers, like, for example, Bumatai, Andre Bumatai, you know, um, and then we, look, like, Barney West, he's another one, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there there's a few people there that, that I, I believe should have probably had a little bit more fame for their influence, but, right. you know, it is what it is. That That was a different time where those guys went when – you know, a lot a lot of them went during the decade of destruction or, or the decade after, and the decade of mm. destruction being the 80s, the Miami Vice decade, right? <laughs> when Tiki was considered tacky and passé and everybody wanted to wear suits without socks, you know? Yeah, right.
1: So um, I, uh, it's a different time. Circling back to your, I guess, original question, my parents took me to Oceanic Arts when I was young, too. Yeah, I, I was pretty starstruck then. I saw that photo you yeah, posted Yeah, the guys before. who did Disneyland, the guys who... The guys who did Trader Vicks, you know, it's pretty. pretty you name cool. it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I mean, back then, maybe I didn't know. Like, I, I, I couldn't drink, so I was, you know, I wasn't like. Right. Right. I, I hadn't been to the mica, and I wanted to go to Tiki T back then so bad. Like, yeah, whenever my yeah. family would go to California, from a pretty young age, I knew what Tiki T was. Well, I you know it. A- finally got to go to TGD. Like I said, you're about the same age as my son. and For as long
0: as he's been alive, he's been wanting to go to TKT.
2: You got to take him. Sorry. Let's go. Let's, uh, I got to take
0: him. He lives in Northern it. California now, no, well, so yeah, it's, well, it's hard yeah, to do know. it these days. But we got we to take him there and, and have him experience that. When he turned 21, everything was shut down for... COVID. Oh, so sucks, he yeah. didn't get to go. So yeah. And he still hasn't gotten to go because he got a job and moved up north. So uh, we're going to make it happen soon, though. Yeah, that's, that's this awesome. summer we'll do that. So for let's
1: do another song for our listeners. Yeah. Tell us about the next song. So uh, what should I play? I'll play uh, on a ballad or something with some vocals. I think we'll do get a little vocals going, get some Hawaiian vocals. Okay. This one is uh, Leahi. Leahi. All right. Here
0: we go. All right, we're
1: back. What a cool song! So another traditional Hawaiian song. Yeah, that was Leahy With uh, that was another thing. We uh, we were we were lucky enough to have uh, bassist too uh, knew a lot of the old Hawaiian standards. And that okay. Was, he, uh, so who's singing on that one? That's uh, my friend Koa. So he played bass with us, and he he would sing and play bass, and uh, he'd sing a beautiful rendition of "A Kaka Falls That'll Also Send You." Very really, nice. Really, really pretty. Very nice. Uh, I'm trying to think what other ones we did. Uh, and he speaks Hawaiian then. I don't know if he speaks it conversationally, or but you know he's he knows the pronunciation okay. perfectly, and he knows a lot of those old songs.
0: Because uh, yeah, because we're hearing it in Hawaiian. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, right? yeah
1: really, really, it was really, really cool getting to have little vocals, you know, yeah. instead yeah. of instead of just all instrumental.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious. So he has kind of like. Uh, would we call that a falsetto? What do we call that too when they, yeah, I'd, say when that's they... A, I'd
1: say that's a falsetto style of singing. That's what I was telling you about. There's some awesome falsetto records. Um yeah, I guess that's a that, that is a big part of uh of Is Juan he one is of these he... guys that speaks like
0: he doesn't speak the way that he sings? Like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, right? Yeah, I'd say
1: yeah, yeah. He has got a deep voice, but then like when he sings he's like ha 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 <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, singing in that in that uh in that falsetto. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you those albums. There's a, uh, for a few years they were putting out and that's also, that's another, uh, because there's not a lot written about Polynesian music, at least not, right, not that I found right. online. I'm sure, I'm sure there are books and liner notes where you can kind of piece it together. Yeah. I'm sure
0: there are. There's, there's actually a few podcasts that are very good. Alan Akaka does a podcast where it's not really his podcast. He's usually a guest on this podcast, but he talks a lot about Hawaiian music. And lap steel music in particular, because he's a lap steel player.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you got to send me that. And I'll send you the, uh, it's the... It's a falsetto contest they did. I guess they still do the contest, but they released a record from, from the contest, I guess probably like late 90s through the mid-2000s. Okay. So there's a record every year of a lot of these cool standards recorded in a more modern... It's not like the arrangements aren't modern, no, but it's yeah. modern recording quality. So you cool. guys are choosing music that's kind of...
0: Off the beaten path, right? Not the music that we're more familiar with, like Little Grass Shack and yeah. and Princess Papule and Hawaiian Hospitality. Well, that's all Holly stuff. But you are picking things that are a little bit less known.
1: Yeah. And more I, uh, traditional. Yeah. Again, I'm obviously on, on vinyl and like... On the yeah. islands, people know all this music, sure, and, it, and sure. it's alive and well. But yeah, it took some sort of like I guess digital crate digging on Spotify to like dig through these albums and find. Things I love that, that digital crate yeah, digging. Yeah, maybe I coined that term. I don't know, but I love exactly what We're talking about you know that have less than a thousand listens. That should have way more than <laughs> well, yeah. you know, have a lot of listens. And uh, I have a I have a really long. Playlist of Tahitian and Hawaiian stuff that I link in the Will Deep Sea you Divers bio. That? Okay, yeah, so so uh, it's called Molokai Polynesian music, and so I guess I think I describe it as um, classic and rare Polynesian music. So it's I think probably more Tahitian stuff. We didn't play any Tahitian music in the Deep Sea Divers, but Tahitian stuff and uh, probably like two thirds Tahitian, one third uh, Hawaiian. And so that's in the link in our bio. So go to at @the_deep_sea_divers on Instagram, and if you want to, Adrian's playing some awesome stuff right now. I don't know if the listeners can hear the iPod. iPod hear classic well, in the back, but Adrian has some can. awesome music. I hope and they can hear it because then I'd, yeah, I'd be violating a copyright. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> well, let's hope let's hope you can't hear it. But Adrian's playing some cool stuff, and if you want a uh, if you want a more authentic playlist to throw on shuffle at your home bar, my I've uh, got to got to got to self promote. I guess it's not self-promoting. I'm uh, showing, in, hipping people to some cool teisha music. Yeah, yeah it's I called, love it. The place called Molokai, uh, and it's in the link in our bio on Spotify. So it's good. Uh, I love good, it. I good, love it. Good tiki music. Like you said, it's hard it's, to find. It's, but it's hard to find.
0: That's, I was just going to say, the you other know, thing, it's some of my favorite music, and it's just so hard to find because a lot of it is It's done by artists and performers that I'm
1: just not <clears throat> familiar with. So I wouldn't even know where to search.
2: You yeah. Know?
1: Another thing is the music at the Maikai was a big Reason why we wanted to start the band because I was hanging out with Jack and Koa in yeah. the Molokai Bar, the Micah and they play some really, really rare stuff. And if if Typhoon Tommy's listening, what's he? He's the creative director now. So Typhoon Tommy yeah. just got hired as the creative director of the Micah I was I was messaging him to let him know they have. A bunch of old CDs with stuff that hasn't been digitized, and something that cool needs about the Maikai—it yeah, needs to be digitized and be saved digitized. as yeah. you know, as new owners take over the Maikai. I'm sure they're still going to play incredible music, but it would it would make sense that they'd go to a more modern sound, you know, more Dude, modern setup. But there are some, there are a bunch of CDs, and what I found of the Maikai is it's really all the different elements of yeah. tiki music. I don't think they really play any exotica, but when you walk in the Molokai bar, generally, <clears throat> at least when I was getting to go a lot, like 2017 through 2019 or 2020 when they had to close because of COVID. Molokai Bar plays really old, rare, some hapahale stuff and then old, rare Hawaiian stuff. None of this you can Shazam. You can't Shazam a single yeah. song that plays the Maikai. Yeah. In the gift shop, it's all rare surf rock. Also, can't okay. Shazam it. Okay. Super rare mix. And they play Cook Island stuff in the back dining rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really modern Polynesian music, kind of the, you know, maybe what would you, what, how, what's like the term that you'd use to describe? Like you and Tiki Kaliki and uh, Sven, like that resurgence, that like... Um, <clears throat> revivalist? Maybe that like revivalist feel, of like yeah. a little bit more surfy. And yeah, then gotcha. like antique Hawaiian music of the Molokai Bar. Just
0: going back to this music that you can't Shazam, you know, what kills me is the thought that we have music that, especially older music, right? They were putting them on these wax tubes, And there's a lot of old Hawaiian music that way, traditional Hawaiian music, traditional island music, including Cook Islands and Tahiti and that kind of stuff. And we lost some of that because it didn't make it to vinyl. But then we have new music that goes to vinyl. And then we lose some of the vinyl because some of that didn't go to CD. And then... Yeah, the, some of the stuff from the CD and never got digitized. So like,
1: there's music being lost all the time. Right, and, and that, maybe that kills me. Yeah, me too. And this might be like a corny comparison, but like a lot of drink recipes could have easily been lost. We wouldn't have a lot of this stuff if yeah, people weren't making the effort to preserve it. So yeah, totally. We gotta we gotta digitize those Mike I CDs. Um, yeah, been, I was talking to Tuffy and Tommy about it, and hopefully maybe we can maybe we can make it like a, a long mix or something. That'd be pretty cool. Make a you know yeah make one long thing well before. someone
0: someone has to take the time to to actually do all that it's it's going to be time consuming but right. someone's got to do it i'll right. do it
1: right. so, yeah i love jackson it. will do it oh. there you go Jackson's we'll, we'll put Archivist. jackson to work yeah, yeah right <laughs> we'll put jackson to work you're asking about uh whether my parents were into tiki or whether they got me into tiki so uh the first a uh another uh, another tiki tiki head hanging out in the desert oasis room asked me to tell the story of my first sip of alcohol, and this is a true story. And Dad, if you're listening, sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the dishonesty. <laughs> but so, I had, a, uh, I had a home bar going in my bedroom when I was in middle school and then later in high school, and I had, you know, a cool bar set. It was like a full My space. son did too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's also, cool. That's also, cool. it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like Otter and Animal House. He's got his, like, bachelor pad yeah, in his yeah, room yeah. in the frat house. There's like some, <laughs> yeah. you know... That's not tiki, but there's something cool about it. It's like you have a bar in your yeah. bedroom. That's cool. Yeah. Like how
0: many of your friends <laughs> when you're 14 has a bar in his bedroom? Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Something cool about yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. And so,
1: yeah, I had a, had a kind of a home bar set up. I had fish over the bar, framed Polynesian records. Right. Um, a bunch of mugs and uh, cool lighting. I actually had a, one of Leroy's carvings, a more Hawaiian-style nice. carving. Of my Very nice. It's really cool. They, they gave me a quick, quick aside. They gave me a really, really cool paddle for my 15th birthday. So I'll have it with like a hang tag. Love it. know they wrote. It's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I had a home bar set up and my parents were into the tiki thing. They didn't, not as into it as me. <clears throat> they didn't go around to like the old bars, but, um, my dad was having people over and he, he was, I guess had a, had a big, had a, there were a bunch of people coming over and so he made Mai Tais and they, they were, they were real Trader Vic's Mai Tais yeah, with Orja yeah. and everything. <clears throat> Good rum. And so I saw a picture and I saw some mint in a glass and I was like, you know, I should, I should do it. And so my my parents were gone and I got the picture of Mai Tais and I, you know, filled up, filled, filled a glass with ice, poured some of the pre-made Mai Tai, put a, put a mint sprig in it and then turned on a record in my, in my my 13 year old, 14 year old home bar. Dude, I love that. had my first sip of alcohol, probably got a little buzz going, you know, I escaped to
0: paradise. (laughs) It's so crazy. You're like 13, 14 years old and you're already trying to do the tiki thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'd kind of lurk on, uh, I would lurk on Tiki Room, too. Yeah, I'd lurk Tiki on Central. The message oh, Tiki, yeah. yeah, Tiki Central, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But that, I, I never really got to fully enjoy it, because it's not even back online. So, like, when I was really hardcore into it, making drinks and everything, I would, like, Tiki Central was down, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's back now. It is back. Yeah. All the message boards are saved, yeah,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I think that most of it is there. I mean, we, we've lost a lot of pictures still, but, you know, it is what it is. That's just the nature of the inter- the internet is, you know... Things don't last forever. You get the HTTP, HTTP 404 all the time, right. you know. But um, yeah, but it's back now, and and at least like there's there's a lot of information there. That what's cool about Tiki Central was that it's all in one place, right? right. And you can do a search and you can find what you need with social media. You know, people will post really informative stuff, but it goes away after a couple of days.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I, it, and uh, it's hard to find, you know. So it's interesting though because Tiki Central was down when I really got super into it and started making like making cocktails and I uh started the band. So I kind of got into the tiki scene through Instagram. I don't I don't use Facebook, so it's interesting. I feel like I feel like y'all probably are a little bit less on Instagram, maybe more on Facebook and back in the day we're probably on Tiki Central more. But that's how I met oh, yeah. a lot of people and that was something that really stuck out to me that's like a very very cool thing. So when I started the Deep Sea Divers, like again, we just started it to play that kind of music, play some house shows, right. uh, whatever. And yeah, hopefully play really cool gigs like the Mike Kai or, uh, uh, incredible bar like that. And so, yeah, Tiki Kaliki, I guess like noticed us, you know, she, uh, yeah. she, she heard the music and thought it was cool. And we had probably like 20 followers on Instagram. I don't know how she found on Instagram. Cause again, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to search. I don't for know stuff. how I found you guys too, but I found I you guys reached out to too. you with a Polynesian music question. Was that is my, is my was? memory? I have a, I have a, uh, this is, this is very, very niche, but I have this video that's of a very specific guitar lick that's an intro to a bunch of Tahitian songs, and I saw that you had been traveling around. You, I saw that you had been to Tahiti. I just followed your account, because you post cool stuff. So yeah, I DM'd you, I was like, hey, do you know anything about this?
0: Okay, because I remember when I saw your page and hearing the music for the first time, I got excited because we don't see a lot of bands that play that style of music anymore. Right. Right
1: I think that was what. Christy, even in the
0: Tiki scene, we had a few that started up and then they were gone. Yeah you know?
1: We got to start playing again and playing gigs now that you know COVID is yeah has waned yeah. and I'd love to see
0: more of that H- Hapa sound, even the exotica sound, you know these days at all the Tiki events, and this is not a bad thing because I do enjoy this too. It's mostly surf bands, you know? yeah. Totally. Um, but we don't have the hapa Holly or, or the exotica music that we used to have. And I miss it. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, that was a yeah. It was a really cool thing. Like, I think a lot of people felt that way when we started the Instagram account. We just started an account and would post yeah. random stuff of shows that we did. And also, uh, Jim Hayward yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Like before, you know. So I like met a lot of people, and it's, it's so it is really cool how like. It is a really tight knit community. And if you, you know, everybody has their own things they like to do. And again, like we were talking earlier about being purists or like what's not Tiki. I think it's, like, I think the like Tiki scene is the total opposite. We started this band and within two months, like I kind of, during COVID became friends with, or I guess that wasn't during COVID, that was before COVID, pre COVID, before we played the mic guy. kind of like made all these online friends and found all these people who loved this really specific thing and yeah, liked what I yeah. was doing. And they were obviously like, you know, super into it and they were doing cool things. So yeah, that's something that's worth noting, just the kindness and the the family spirit of the Tiki community that like, you know, I didn't know any of these people and then within a few months got to know uh got to know some people and then Mayu, Mayu and Boris at the Tiki T, which is cool. Tea.
0: That's you a know. fun story. So the Tiki T was opening at later hours because it was when we were coming out of COVID and they didn't have they didn't have the staff to to open at normal hours at four o'clock. They're opening at nine o'clock. What happened was one of their bartenders, one of the owners had been injured and since they are always so thinly staffed, it affected how they could run the bar. So they're opening at nine o'clock. I've been going to the TKT for decades. You know, <laughs> it wasn't me. It so was I, I know. Where I, you're going. I know I've, I've been going to the TKT for decades. So I'm one of the few. I'm one That's of the the very few that has the um, <laughs> that has the uh, insider privileges there. And and you know, I, Boris and I had done a few things that night. We went to an art show. We went to Genghis Cohen for dinner. We went to um, quite a few places that night. And you know, we thought, let's go to Tiki T. you know, and, and he said, well, they they're not open yet, it's only eight o'clock, and I'm like, I'm not worried about that, <laughs> you know, like, let's just go, you know, so, so we go, and then I said, yeah, I so said, let's, I said, Let's, I'll get you in. Boris doesn't have the same privileges that I do, so so he was really didn't want to do that. And I said, no, just just come. You're with me, so it'll be cool.
1: So we we walk up to the door, and you and so, Jackson are up there. Yeah, we've been waiting. Like we, it was a long day, you know. Maybe <laughs> tensions were a little high. I didn't care. So yeah, we we had been waiting like an hour before the bar was gonna open because I knew they had, they were opening up later. I thought maybe people would be lined up, and that was like the main thing yeah, that yeah. we were gonna do that night. So yeah, we, or kind of the only. have been window. waiting like an hour or something. Yeah, we yeah. we drove from Newport Beach and. So we'd been waiting like an hour, and I was standing there, and I see Adrian and Boris knock on the door, and they get let in. And Jackson thinks that thinks, <laughs> thinks Boris and Adrian are cutting the line. Right, right. Hey, we've been waiting. We've been waiting to get in the. We've been waiting to get in the Tiki T. What are you guys doing? And I told Jackson, I was like, No, I know that dude. He's a cool guy. He's and I said he's because we knew Jim Hayward, we knew Atomic Grog, and I said he's kind of like the Jim of Tiki T. Right. Jim is to the Mai as Adrian is to Tiki T. So you should know who to respect a little uh, bit. So that's and nice then... of you to say. But I remember, like, I remember
0: Boris, uh, I think he looked at me, he's like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and then we went in, and locked the door, and and then, uh, you know, then we hung out inside until yeah, the door opened. Then you guys walked in, and then you walked up to me, and you introduced Inter- yourself yeah. and stuff, and then... and then uh, I said, sorry, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was like, oh, dude, and then I felt bad, because I was like, oh, I didn't mean to, pull, like, pull rank, but... You know, but I do it all the time because sometimes there's a long ass line out there, and I just don't want to wait. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: no, you have, you have privileges. And that's what I said I was like, yeah, he's he's an OG. He's a he's a he is a he's a fixture of Tiki T. You know. But, so for all the people there that that give me hell for
0: this, it's the only bar where I can do that. I gotta wait in line everywhere else, and. As far as privilege is concerned, everybody's had some kind of hookup in their life. Where they've gotten to the front of the line because of somebody they knew, or they got a free drink because of somebody they knew, One time or, or whatever, right? So we've we've all experienced yeah. that. Maybe not at the Tiki but everybody's experienced that in their life. So so we're all I equal. No
2: we're pro- all equal. I had no
1: problem with it. I thought it was awesome. I no, stoked. I was, I gotta stoked. Throw, I was I gotta like I got to throw oh, that out
2: there.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, cool. Get to get to hang out with the Polynesian pop and uh, oh, that's a so nice thing." <laughs> and of to then Boris is say. a cool dude and uh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, it, it's yeah. really cool that everybody's united by this very specific yeah. Yeah. cool thing, you know. Our
0: friend John just had uh, lunch with Boris before he came here. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just met John in the Races room, going to hang out at uh, at Oceanic Arts tomorrow. Yeah. Who's doing the bar, by the way? Uh, tomorrow, I think it's the Tonga Hut. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, uh... I don't know if you want this on air if it's going to drive the drive the prices up of whatever you want to buy but what did you look through the uh list in, like you look through the auction book at all to see what you might want to bid on can you reveal that I I, I know what I'm getting I, and I don't care how much it costs because I've been a is, long time
0: The stuff I want is Look I need a new car right now and I, <laughs> I it's the stuff I want is choosing between that or the car Let's just say right. that. Let's yeah. just say it's like that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah.
1: Know? So, uh, what would you get if you could get anything? Because it just came out today. So yeah, like I said, there's quite a
0: few pieces there that I really
1: fell in love with over the years. Um,
0: they have a really, they have like a really tall one that's maybe like seven or seven or eight feet tall. It's right at the entrance. Yeah. That uh, you'll see it when you get there uh, tomorrow. I'd like to get one of those. It's a traditional Hawaiian kū. And there's another one that came from, I think it came from Kelbo's, which I'd like to get, which is another one that we always see there, which is up also in the front, which was next to this gorilla. And people take a lot of pictures of it. Uh, And then there's a few Papua New Guinea pieces that I'd like to get. But they were in the rental section and they weren't the fiber class ones. They were
1: real wood. So you got to show me tomorrow. They're going to be expensive. I can't, I can't imagine which I
0: can't I'll show you which ones I mean, you're like, talking about. I already know. I am not going to be able to afford what I want. So I'll show you
1: all the ones that I wanted to get. And yeah. you know, if
0: you want to get them, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that,
1: you know, well, you're, you're lucky. I can, uh, I live in Dallas, so that would, uh, that would uh, yeah. certainly make it a little more expensive trying to get it. Well, there. You could hit, you could put it on a, you know, on a trailer. and If you can, can afford to buy devices. one of those guys, if you can afford to buy one of those guys, you can afford to transport it. That's yeah, I right. right. I mean, like the one really, the thing that I want is like, it's probably not going to go for that much. And it's kind of a weird thing. And it's a little bit smaller because I, I haven't really accounted for uh-huh. after the auction, how I'll get it to Dallas. But I really, really have a, for a long time wanted, and it's you know, it's it's just from their catalog, but those old table lamps. Oh yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I've I've been looking for one for a long time. Really cool. Well, top if you of get it, shit. dude, I'll hold it for you. <laughs> <laughs> if I, oh yeah. Hey, honestly, you know, dead serious. That's <laughs> have a. Uh, I'll put it uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. <and> right. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff, but I just went. I I want to get some of those some of those old you table know, lamps. They're pretty hard to come by, and you see all yeah, you, you see the super old rare. postcards of like the Steve Crane restaurants. There's like yeah, quintessential. Yeah. yeah. I was telling John. That there's like that quintessential, you know, mint colored ceramic. Oh, I know t- it's what you're talking about. That's on all the tables and there's something, I was hoping they'd have the one from the Tahitian. You have the, you have the ashtray. Well, tray. they have a case there. There's, there's, yeah, a, that's there's a glass I, case I that it. has them all there. So I think those
0: are gonna go up for some big bucks. Yeah, but, um, that's what I'm
1: saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best to
0: Yeah, it's to it's the rare stuff, you know, because like people steal the mugs, right? Or they sold them in some of these spots. But the table lamps nobody ever thought to steal the yeah, table lamp you know
1: right. so yeah I, I really would like to get one of those and then there are some other things i like the uh this is kind of a weird one too i like the standing ashtrays from the polynesian Mm-hmm. yeah disney world that'd be pretty okay. cool uh there's a lot of stuff i'd like
0: to get there too but i do have a lot of oceanic or stuff already i don't have a ton but i have enough that if i don't get anything from the auction uh, I won't feel super bad because yeah. I already have some stuff, and I'll show it to you after we finish recording. Cool. So,
1: and then also, if they have any of the old cannibals, you know, like Don had, yeah, back, like <clears throat> same, you know, it's the the Mica,
0: the iconic, the iconic one, yeah. They're
2: huge. No, they go for a big price. Yeah, I'm sure
0: they will. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, we're coming up on the one hour mark, so let's pick out one more song to leave with our listeners.
1: Tell us about what we're going to listen to next. We'll do a little ballad. It'll be a little, little sign off music. It's called Kamikani and um I'm trying to think, is there anything is there anything else we didn't cover? We uh let me think. I think I think we just about covered it. I right? think we did. So I think we uh did. yeah.
2: That question that I said to
1: ask Adrian. Oh, I guess this is a good closer. Uh Jackson said I th- this is kind of an icebreaker, I guess, but the question was, if you could travel to any time and place in Tiki history, and I'm sure I can just say history for you because you'd probably want to go to a Tiki place, and I would too. If there's any time and place in history that you'd want to go, where would it be? Again, kind of a corny icebreaker, but I think it's no, no, interesting, no. you know? Uh, I have three answers to that. Um, the first
0: one is I'd like to be at the bar when Ray made his mistake, That's cool Ray's one. mistake, the second one is, I'd like to be at the bar when Trader Vicks made his 44 Mai Tai. And the third one is, I'd like to be at the bar when Don Beach opened Beachcomber Cafe on repeal day, December 5th, 1933.
1: Damn, chills, actually. Those are the, those <laughs> are the uh, three, those are three most
0: important dates for me.
1: That's yeah. a that's a really good answer. Yeah. I guess for me, I, I can think of two. I, uh, you wouldn't think that I'd say the 70s, but my grandparents would go. When we're talking, you're talking about Dallas being kind of dried up with Tiki for a long time uh, until pretty recently. But back in the day, they had the big three. You know, they had, I, I guess, at different times because the Beachcomber opened a little bit later. But they had Trader Vicks. they had Ports of Call, which was a Steve Crane concept where it wasn't all Polynesian themed, but there were different rooms. And my grandparents told me about it and they loved it. Um, they uh, they loved it a lot. There's there, was, there were, you know, it's kind of a, a trip around the world. And then one of those rooms was a room that it looks identical to the Luau. Postcards, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. And then they also had a Don the Beachcomber. I said Trader Vicks. They had a Trader Vicks Ports of Call, which is Seaf Crane, and then they'd opened a Don the Beachcomber in the '70s. It's one of those UFO locations. And I can't speak to the drink quality. It may it may have still been good in the '70s, but I don't know. But it may have. Yeah. I would love to see Dallas Tiki, where I'm from. See where my grandparents went. And the decor of of that particular Beachcomber looks so incredible. So I'd want to go there in 1974 and then go see Elvis. That's what I'm oh, I love. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love Elvis Go to see 70s Elvis and then my other one, I'd want to I'd want to go to the Mykai in the 50s when there was nothing on Federal Highway and that it's was totally dark. And you know, you're I I can I can imagine it pretty well cuz you see old photos when there's nothing on the highway, you drive for a long time, it's pitch black. yeah It's probably that was probably That's pretty be surreal. And not to, and also considering how it is there now. And also the fact that it was such a High class yeah. establishment. It was, yeah. you know, it felt really ritzy. Really, yeah. it still, it still has that nice dining room feel, and oh, there's still the a somewhat observed dress code. But there's something really cool about that. The There's those dress codes. Yeah, you get dressed up, you go to the middle of yep. nowhere. There are torches. Yeah, complete escapism. That's total you know. escapism. Yeah. There's, there's, so that's, that's the other
0: one. I, that number four would be be at the Maikai when they were open, or yeah. you know, when they were opening. Yeah. Or and back I think then. Like, then. I love like, the '70s
1: stuff, like the, when they added the mold, like. Or they had the Molokai as we know it, like that style, where it's, you know, well, I've been to the Trader.
0: No, I've been to the Don the Beachcomber and Marina del Rey when it was a UFO shaped building. Oh wow, that's kind of what got me. My mom, my mom got
1: to go to uh, Don the Beachcomber. My parents took me. Maybe we're getting a little over, but my parents took me to uh, Trader Vic's. It it was it briefly reopened in Dallas. I guess I shouldn't say reopened, but some guys bought some of the old carvings and they they uh, try to make a go of it yeah they made a they like had a franchise kind of location near where the original trader vix was so yeah my parents took me there and my mom was lucky enough to go to the ufo beachcomber in dallas which is pretty special
0: yeah yeah so um yeah i went to the one in marina del rey for my grandparents 50th wedding anniversary they they Renewed their vows with a church wedding and then they had a wedding reception just like they were getting married all over again. The wedding reception was at Don the Beach Comer. Oh, wow. Incredible. It was 1986, I think. I want to say 86 because of the girl I was dating at the time. And uh, we were the only ones in there. I remember when I had to use the restroom, I had to walk through the bar to go to where the restrooms were on the other side of the restaurant. Yeah. And all the lights were out in that room because there was no one in there. But the, light, the bar itself, the lights were on at the bar, and there was one guy, maybe two guys, that were there that were making drinks for basically us if we ordered cocktails because there was no one in wow. there. Yeah, it's, it was a sign of the times. It was a decade of destruction, the 1980s. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody cared for Tiki anymore. If I knew then what I know now, I would have worn a trench coat and walked out with a bunch of shit. <laughs> when so. you when you were there,
1: did it have that like? <laughs> did you feel that childlike wonder that like, yes. I felt in Adventureland? That's and what watching SpongeBob. That's what kickstarted the top of cloth everything. And it's like they're those little things that's, that's like, what Kickstarter. There's everything. something, yeah. There's something that I think for I'm obviously younger than you, but like for people who weren't there, like in the 30s through yeah. 50s, like there's something that you get exposed to, and there's like you get a little glimmer. I in look your back eye like, and I
0: think like, oh my god, I, I missed out, you know. Uh, it's there's so much that I want to experience from back then, you
1: know I guess we got to experience you know, it now like every yeah, 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 chance yeah, yeah. every chance you get yeah. you know you got just you gotta but, do you it. know
0: we have our own stuff today too we have pretty cool bars out there today too so yeah. you know and it's a different time you know maybe back then they were like, oh, I wonder what would be like if we'd go to a bar that they could do this, or they could do yeah, that, or they're, looks they're imagining like this. It's not, like yeah, a 18, yeah, yeah, 1880s, 1880s kind of tavern. It's or a classic, you know? ca- classic case of wanting what we can't have.
1: You yeah. Know? So one, uh, one last thing. This would be another tangent, but also I'll have to add since you did three, I'd say Cocoa Palms, in the 50s okay. or you know 60s around when Blue Hawaii was recorded. Okay. Yeah. When Blue Hawaii was filmed. That'd be uh,
0: cool. And so another one. Let's keep going.
1: All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Kahiki. Oh, yeah.
0: I sh- I had an opportunity to you, go you to the win. farewell party. And at the time, I had just bought a house, and my son was just born, so I was flat broke. Man. And in retrospect, I should have just thrown it on a credit card and gone. So yeah. um, I had that's one of my regrets. Um, and then I would have liked to see the treehouse, Don's Treehouse, in International Marketplace.
1: Yeah, there you go. There's another one. Yeah. Do they have... Again, I guess I guess we're I guess we're getting it's getting a little long, but they did something with the treehouse, right? There's a well, I like it, so when they it redid. Is cooler? I don't I don't really know. I've just I just saw one. I saw a plaque that they did about about Dawn, which
0: when they redid the international marketplace, the only thing they didn't tear down was that big banyan tree that tree, the treehouse was in, so that's still there. And then they built like this kind of walk through that's supposed to be like a tribute to that. Um, it's not you know the same treehouse that yeah. was there well, obviously not the same but yeah. and it is just there a, is some it, kind it, of tribute it's a, a little history right? with like pictures and that okay. kind of stuff that you can read about it you know and read about dawn and all that mm. so th- it's cool that they did that but you know um nothing lasts forever you know we're learning that with this oceanic arts event and the international marketplace like as nice as it was with that old hawaiian charm uh you know it was it was just falling apart and You know, they wanted to service the tourists, so they they tore down the old and put up the new. You know, it is what it is. You know, just another thing that, another sign that we have to enjoy what we have while it's here. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. A friend of mine who lived in Vegas said that. He said, you know, the the problem with Vegas is that things change so much that That you find a place that you really enjoy it'll only be there for a couple of years before they tear it down and they put up the Eiffel tower or they tear that down and they put up London bridge or they tear that <laughs> yeah. down. And you know, yeah, it's, it's weird
1: also because then you find yourself nostalgic for stuff that was like around in yeah, the nineties, two thousands and that, that was still kind of weird. And then it gets yeah. less weird, less cool, you know,
0: shoot. I'm nostalgic for treasure Island. Like since they changed it to TI and they took away the, the show out front, you know, as, yeah, as right. tech as it was, like that was cooler than what it is now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, well. All right, tell us about this third song.
1: All right, so this is Kamakani. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballad, and I don't want to be too heavy on SpongeBob, because obviously this music is way more than just one random late 80s production music album, but that's how I learned about it. Kamakani is a very, very beautiful traditional ballad, and... uh, like I was talking about, that kind of glimmery, that kind of that weird wonder that you feel as a kid of this like dreamy, tiki thing. I think this really encapsulates it. It's kind of a lullaby-esque uh, Hawaiian song called Kamakani.
0: Very cool. I love it. All right, here we go. Kamakani. <laughs> Well, Sam, thanks for being on the podcast. I yeah, appreciate it. thanks for having you me, Adrian. Driving and out to
1: the Desert Oasis Room. Incredible. Very, very, very impressive. And I love uh, it. I love it's it. It's been, been super fun. Real Let,
0: let's throw out all of your social media and your website and all that for all of our listeners that want to learn more about the Deep Sea Divers.
1: Yeah, so give us a follow at the deep sea Divers, just like the uh, delicious and buttery Maikai cocktail. The Deep Sea TheDeepSeaDivers uh, on Instagram. And definitely, I think... Uh, Like I said earlier in the podcast, you got to give the Polynesian music playlist that I have a follow, throw it on shuffle. That's all I ask. I don't don't really have too much else to plug besides that. You got to listen to some authentic Tahitian music and have some delicious cocktails in your home bars.
0: I love it. I love it. And for our listeners out there that want to hear more, our archive is located at desertoasisroom.com. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Polynesian pop. If you want to follow our adventures, give us a follow. And we'll see you on the next one. Cheers and aloha. Aloha.